Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We begin our blessing of the fleet today at Bayou Battery as we implore God's protection on all who put out to the sea. I'm standing on the docks behind St. Margaret's Catholic Church in Bayou Labatry on Alabama's Gulf Coast, a town of about 2,000, long known as the seafood capital of Alabama, is still home to a sizable fleet of commercial shrimp boats. And on this pretty May afternoon, the Archbishop of Mobile, Thomas Rohde, has come to town to bless this fleet. Lord, be well disposed to these our prayers and by your holy hand bless these fishing boats, their crews, and all other craft who put out to the sea. The Archbishop's remarks are brief. When he finishes, the few hundred people who've gathered for the occasion line up on the dock. There are some two to three dozen boats which will parade along the bayou. The Archbishop will bless each boat as it passes. I hop on Tommy Purvis and Kimberly Barrow's vessel and ask them about their hopes for the blessing. I just want a good prosper and good health and for my husband and I to come back safely. Or all, all of them, everybody, because we're not just one person, we're a crew, we're a fishing community. Tommy revs the engine. It might be our boat smoking everybody out. And we're off. It's a gorgeous day and everybody's smiling. The boats are decorated with flags and streamers. Several bear signs with scripture that reads, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The archbishop, hooked crozier in hand, looks ready to bless the boats. There's just one problem. While the event originated to bless the town's commercial shrimping fleet, there's not a single commercial shrimping boat in the parade. In fact, most of the participants are small pleasure craft, the kind you might take out on the weekend with a fishing pole and a beer. The shrimp boats? They're all around us, docked, undecorated, quiet. So what gives? You're listening to Gravy. 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 A production of the Southern Foodways Alliance, Gravy tells the stories of the changing American South. I'm Melissa Hall. And I'm Sarah Camp Milam. In this episode, reporter Irina Zhorov is taking us to Bayou Labatry on Alabama's Gulf Coast. For more than 70 years now, this town has hosted a blessing for its seafood workers. The blessing offers both community togetherness and a way to acknowledge the dangers of work on the water. But the nature of the event has changed as the economic hold of the seafood industry on this community has waned. These days, commercial shrimp boats, the original guests of honor, are hardly showing up. Irina explores why and delves into the history of the event. But first... For cultivating progress across the South, for working to unconditionally improve the lives of all, 
and for the bold underwriting of every gravy podcast. SFA thanks our visionary Louisville, Kentucky friends, Pam and Brooke Smith. If you ask an old-timer in Bayou Labatry what the four seasons of the year are, they might say fish, crab, oyster, and shrimp. The town's identity and economy have long revolved around seafood. The first shrimp canneries opened there in 1915. Less than a decade later, 20 seafood dealers operated in the town. By mid-century, shrimp had become more common on the American palate, and Alabama shrimp production was growing. Around this time, a family of newcomers from Louisiana decided their adopted church in Bayou Labatry should give back to the local seafood producers. They were mullets, and uh, they were good parishioners and hard workers. They had a store. This is Vincent Bosarge, deacon at St. Margaret's Catholic Church, where the mullets worshipped. Clarence Millette wanted to establish a traditional blessing of the fleet, where boats and their crew could receive a blessing for protection and a good harvest for the year. They figured it would be a good program to have once a year for, because there were so many fishermen in the area and the people relied on nothing but seafood. It was a tradition already present in the Millette's native Louisiana a summer celebration where families would decorate their boats with flags and streamers, parade on the water, and remember the many people who died fishing. Immigrants brought the tradition to Louisiana from Southern Europe, where Catholic fishing villages along the Mediterranean held similar events. Fishing was a notoriously dangerous business, especially in the days when tools were limited and work was more manual. Even today, fishing and hunting represent the second most deadly occupations in the U.S., behind only logging. Some people has gotten wound up in winches, and there's a lot of things that can happen with all the rigging and stuff that they have on boats. So they've got to really be careful. So it is a dangerous job. Vincent knows this firsthand. He's from a fishing family and says he grew up on boats, oystering and shrimping. And like so many others, tragedy found him, too. Well, I lost my son when he was 15 years old. He drowned offshore in the Gulf, and uh, he just fell off the shrimp boat and evidently broke his neck as he fell off the boat. Perhaps because of the constant threat of disaster, Bayou Labatry was always a pretty religious community, says Vincent. So the blessing made workers feel safer. It also gives them, I guess you'd say, courage in order to say, oh, heck with the weather, I'm going on out and try to make it. And they go. The first blessing of the fleet in Bayou Labatry was held in July 1949. This year, one 88-year-old shrimper who'd started in the industry as a kid told me he stumbled on the first blessing by accident. He was getting ice to go out shrimping and saw half a dozen boats sitting at the docks. Someone had cooked a big gumbo. Another boat had potato salad. He went from boat to boat, putting together a meal. St. Margaret's priest at the time blessed each boat present. Women from the parish also served food, 
and in that way, the event doubled as a fundraiser for St. Margaret's. According to one Millette descendant, the church purchased a riding lawnmower with the first blessing's proceeds. Year by year, the blessing grew. It became a party, attracting the wider community, not just St. Margaret's parishioners. For Rodney Lyons, the blessing was a constant in his life. He was born in 1946 to a family of seafood workers. I was raised on a shrimp boat. Uh, all different boats, crabs, oysters, anything my father done, I was with him. He opened a fishing and processing business straight out of high school, which he still operates. He said his family used to help out during the blessing. My mother's brothers, they were net fishermen. They would go out ahead of the blessing, catch the fish, come in. They would clean them, dress them, prepare them for cooking, at the blessing, and they'd done that for years. Shrimpers donated shrimp. You had a lot of people that had children at St. Margaret's School. They were farmers from out St. Elmo and Grand Bay, and they would donate vegetables and eggs and whatever. Women from the community did the cooking, using the ingredients the men brought in. So it was a community affair. Rodney says the event was originally held at the end of July, when brown shrimp season was slowing down, but white shrimp season wasn't open yet. People wasn't working as much, wasn't a lot of money being made, so that's when they had the blessing kind of in the lull. In decades past, thousands of people came out for the blessing of the fleet each July. Dozens of shrimp boats decorated in strings of flags tied taut from the deck to the tall outriggers paraded down the bayou. It had become a treasured local tradition, just like the Millettes had envisioned it. But even as the blessing grew, the fishing industry in the U.S. and shrimping along the Gulf in particular were changing. Shrimp imports have been in the U.S. since the 1960s, and shrimp farming began in the 1970s. By the 80s, imports were seriously competing with domestic catches, pushing prices lower and lower. Today, about 90% of shrimp in the U.S. are imported, mostly from Southeast Asia and Central America. Meanwhile, prices for gas and boat insurance have risen, and government regulations have contributed to the higher cost of doing business. In 2005, Hurricane Katrina decimated Bayou Labatri, destroying a majority of houses and lodging shrimp boats into trees. In 2010, the Deepwater Horizon oil spill damaged gulf fisheries. Many families who've spent generations shrimping don't see a way forward in the business they love. And as the seafood industry changed, so did the blessing of the fleet. When we come back, we'll join the 2023 Blessing of the Fleet, which took place in early May. And we'll try to understand why commercial boats didn't participate. There's an inherent dichotomy in the Blessing of the Fleet. On one hand, it's a fundraiser for the church. On the other, it's a meaningful tradition for seafood workers. Our reporter, Irina Zhuroff, asks, can one gathering serve both the shrimpers and the parish? But first... Travel the highways to Loretto, Kentucky, 
and you'll find the Maker's Mark Distillery. A National Historic Landmark, the distillery welcomes visitors from all over the world to experience bourbon the way the Samuels family intended. The bourbon was created by Bill Samuels Sr., but the distillery and the bottle, with each bottle dipped in that iconic red wax, was the brainchild of his wife, Margie Samuels. Today, Margie and Bill's grandson, Rob, runs the distillery and invites everyone to stop by to experience the home place of Maker's Mark, just the way his grandparents had, with friends and great bourbon. For their dedication to the craft of quality bourbon making and the support of the Southern Foodways Alliance, we thank them. Maker's Mark crafts their bourbon carefully. Please enjoy it that way. These days, the blessing of the fleet has the feel of a fair. There are crafts for sale, a very tiny train rides kids around the gravel lot, and there's food galore. Most of the cooking happens in a dedicated cooking shack. Everything that you can imagine that grows in the sea, we cook it in here. That's Eddie Wilson. He's one of the volunteers. It's shrimp, fish, uh, crabs, a little bit of everything. In addition, they prepare a pot of gumbo every year. The recipe is written right on the two by four of a wall in ballpoint pen. And we make it in that big pot, it's about 70 gallons. The shrimp in the gumbo is local, some donated and some bought. The crab is local too. Eddie's brother Alvin is a farmer. He grows the okra himself. Alvin thinks they'll sell out of the whole pot during the blessing. And that's a good thing because it means money for the church. Alvin says St. Margaret's had over $1 million in renovations after Hurricane Katrina. And the cost of insuring the building is astronomical. And the insurance runs us about $2,500, $2,700 a month. So this fundraiser will help pay for that, that insurance that we have to have. Nearby, another volunteer is thawing a pile of fish fillets. The fish is swai, an Asian catfish. It's imported. He says they'll go through close to 1,000 pounds of fillets, and they just couldn't get that much fish locally. Shrimp? Yes, but not fish. In another room, volunteers of Vietnamese descent are cooking. Bayou Labatry saw an influx of refugees from Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia in the 1970s. And many of them have stayed. Some bought boats and helped keep the seafood industry afloat. St. Margaret's has a Vietnamese pastor, and he gives sermons in English, Vietnamese, and even Spanish. Many of the parishioners help out for the blessing. Tan Pham is the church's Vietnamese liaison, especially for people who don't speak English. He points at aluminum trays full of egg rolls and grins. 4,000 egg rolls. The people, like day to time, they go to work. And uh, after work, about 6, 7 o'clock, about 10, 10 of them have to roll, 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 roll. He thinks they'll go through all 4,000 egg rolls this weekend. Nearby, a woman is stir-frying batches of beef and veggies in a wok. She starts with garlic, throws in meat, that was steak. Beef, actually beef. We marinate it overnight and then uh, cook like that. And after that, we pour this one in and some more vegetables and we'll be done and ready to serve. Yeah, it smells good, right? The food for sale at this year's Blessing of the Fleet is a reflection of how Bayou Labatry's demographics have changed. 
You can still find the gumbo, of course, but the Vietnamese plates are really popular, and there's a tent of Mexican food. But as I talk to people, I sensed another population shift. None of the volunteers I met in the cook shack or in the tents are part of the seafood industry. That's true of attendees I spoke to as well. People are supportive of the church, but the shrimpers seem like an afterthought. When I finally met a family that's been working in the seafood industry as fishers and boat builders since before the Civil War, the disconnect became clearer. Jeremy Zerlot is a shrimper. He loves his work. I've always said I feel sorry for people that don't get the, the type of excitement of, you know, dumping a big drag of shrimp out. You know, to come in after a long trip and the boat's clean and you got shrimp in the hole and the, the crew's made money and, and your family's waiting on you to get home, that's a, you know, there's no other feeling like that. But lately, he finds himself constantly crunching numbers. Two of my boats just came in, and the volume of shrimp that they catch now, but there's still no profit in it because prices of shrimp have not catch, kept up with inflation. He has three big shrimp boats, each with a keel length of 80 feet, with tall, elegant outriggers. His boats can stay out working for a month and come back with a hull full of shrimp and still have little to show for it. They'll come in with maybe seventy, eighty thousand dollars worth of shrimp for a month, and, and that sounds like a lot of money. And it is a lot of money, but it just, when you dole it all out, it doesn't go very far. There's fuel, about $30,000 per boat per run. Insurance costs about $35,000 a year. There's net repair and maintenance. You have to pay the crew, that's 30% right off the top to the crew. And that's, that's bare minimum, you know, four to five guys on each boat. We're just maintaining the boats and, and trying to, hoping for better times ahead. Jeremy is in a better position than most local shrimpers. He owns his boats and he runs his own wholesale business. But it's still a struggle. He says he can't find local labor. Instead, he employs temporary workers from Mexico and Honduras mostly. With all that, a blessing would be a blessing, right? I asked Jeremy if he'll be participating in the ritual this year. Actually, I've never had any of mine in the blessing. You know, most of the time they're out fishing, you know, stay gone for 30 days, home for five to seven, and never really, most of the time over the years, we couldn't work it out where, where we were even here during, so. Uh, so it just, it's, it's changed where back years ago, most of the boats were ice boats, so they were making shorter trips coming in, and they could co coordinate their time to where they could, whereas our boats, they're strictly business now. When they go shrimping, they got to be there until, until they get enough to come home with. What can a blessing protect you from? Bad luck, maybe. Accidents, hopefully. A blessing is a shield against misfortune, a kind of prayer, asking that you don't get singled out for the badness that's lurking, that will inevitably catch some soul out at sea. But today's problems are systemic. The rhythms and economics of today's shrimping industry may no longer fit with the mores of the blessing. 
logistics have changed too. Gulf shrimpers travel between states to catch more shrimp varieties in more seasons, fishing deeper, further, and staying out longer. There's no longer a seasonal lull, no reliably slow time for shrimpers to gather and celebrate, and money is tight. Some say St. Margaret's hasn't kept up. The church changed the blessing from July to May in an attempt to avoid squalls and catch shrimpers before the busy season started. Critics say it had the opposite effect, making it impossible for commercial boats to participate as they get ready to fish. Gravy reached out repeatedly to St. Margaret's pastor, but he did not respond to requests for comment. Whatever the church did or didn't do, maybe there's just no good time to party anymore. There's too much hustle, too much at stake to rest, too much uncertainty, even for a blessing. On the Sunday of the blessing, boats start to arrive at the docks around 10 in the morning. By 11.30, there are eight little skiffs, decorated with strings of pennants or fringe flapping in the breeze. I overhear one woman say the boat display is disappointing. Another tells me the lack of shrimp boats makes the event feel inauthentic. At noon, a 30-foot boat pulls up, festooned with red flags. Finally, a commercial boat. But when I ask its owners, Tommy Purvis and Kimberly Barrow, if they fish full time on it, they laugh. Would starve because the seafood prices are so, they so low right now. Prices right now, it's just unreal. They both have other jobs and shrimp on the side. Still, the blessing is really important to them. Tommy went to school at St. Margaret's and is a parishioner. He's also spent most of his life on boats. School guy out, we was walking up down these docks. Hey man, you need that can? Boom, yeah, yeah, come on. That's what we're doing. So the blessing, he says, is a part of him. I ain't never been home and missed a fleet bus. We've got to have our boat blessed. It has to be blessed before opening season. Do you feel safer if the boat is blessed going out on it? I do. Yeah. God looking over, over you. A little after two in the afternoon, the school band leads in a parade of people, and eventually, the archbishop makes his way to the docks. Send your holy angel from on high. After his remarks, all on board. he gets on the pilot boat. Before it takes off, a wreath is tossed into the water in remembrance of those who've perished at sea. Aside from another commercial boat, a fishing boat, not shrimping boat, that shows up later, Tommy and Kimberly's vessel is the biggest one there. So I join them on their boat and we follow the archbishop along the bayou. As we ride shrimp boats parked on either side, Kimberly laments their absence in the parade. I wish like the bigger boats through here would get more into it because it used to be every boat would be decorated. But the tradition has lost so much participation that she says she had a hard time finding decorations this year. Usually, they would buy their strings of flags locally. Everybody sold them. This year, they couldn't find any and ended up ordering them from Amazon. 
Tommy maneuvers the boat through the busy bayou. His co-captain, a 16-year-old chihuahua. A few minutes later, the archbishop passes by. He raises his crozier and is gone. A bit behind him, I see Rodney Lyons, the lifelong fisherman whose uncles once donated fish to the blessing, glide by in a small skiff. When Tommy docks, I drive over to Rodney's processing facility, where he also operates a bar. On the back deck, which overlooks the bayou, shrimp boats are packed in tight on both sides. Rodney says a few decades back, the boats would be decorated with flags. They'd be waving in the breeze so loudly, we couldn't even talk. But today, it's quiet. Just some bugs and his grandkids squeals in the air. So tell me, what were you doing today during the blessing? I was fishing. Nobody come to me and said, hey, could you donate fish? I would have. I would have cleaned them. I would even help cook them. I asked Rodney if he'd like to be involved. Well, it would be nice, but it's, uh, it's just not that way anymore. Rodney says he doesn't think it's on purpose, but the blessing doesn't feel like it's for seafood people anymore. He hasn't gone in years. Gravy was reported and produced by Irina Zhorov, a reporter who works in both audio and print. Irina has covered stories about mining, health, and environmental and urban issues. Fancy a trip to Soviet Siberia? Look for and buy her debut novel, Lost Believers, out now at your favorite bookstore. We thank Wendell Patrick for Gravy's theme music and Jazar for our donor music. Managing editor for Gravy and all other SFA media is my co-host, Sarah Camp Milam. Olivia Terenzio is our podcast editor. Mary Beth Lassiter is our publisher. Want to learn more about the changing American South? Join us for the SFA's Fall Symposium, October 20th and 21st, here in Oxford, Mississippi. Together, we'll ask the question, where is the South? You'll hear from a roster of engaging speakers, plus you'll eat and drink well, very well. Tickets are on sale now. Visit southernfoodways.org to learn more. And while you're there, become a member or make a donation. Your dollars fund our work and help us make more gravy. I'm Melissa Hall. And I'm Sarah Camp Milam. Excited to lap up another episode of Gravy? Tell a friend. Pass the gravy boat. There's plenty to go around. Gravy is glad to be a part of APT Podcast Studios.